Yes, we'll protect you. Hey, look, we were just here. We came all the way back around. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, Christian, I've always wanted to ask you about your, your history as a snowmaker. Well, how many years did you do that for? Three years. Three and a half years. And then, um, when you first started out, what, I mean, what prerequisites did you need in order to become a, to get that job? You have to be able to lift 50 pounds, not have a problem being out in the snow, in the dark, and pretty much got to be um, stupid and willing to do a bunch of labor, because you are just digging. The digging? Digging through snow. The, jo the joke is, is um, you get to shoot a shovel and she's your girlfriend, and you don't lose your girlfriend, and you treat your girlfriend right, because she is your tool. The ultimate snowmaker tool is a shovel. Oh my goodness, so I thought you'd... Okay, so I, I was under the impression that you were only making the snow. What were you doing with the... What was well, the digging all when, about? When it, when it covers the hydrants and the manhole covers where oh. the... To access, to make the snow, you have oh. to dig it out. Oh, that makes sense. Or they sometimes, they bury... The guns bury themselves. The and guns they, bury themselves? Well, the wind changes, so it'll blow back on itself and bury the hose. The hot shop. A hat shop? Okay. Okay. All right, I'll go with you. Hats. I'll go with you. I'm learning about snowmaking. Lowe's, we're going to be in the hat shop. At the hat shop. So, when was the first time that you that they let you behind the, what do you call it, a snow uh, cannon or snow yeah, gun? Yeah, well, um, you have training for two days, two and a half days of training and orientation when you first start. And then you go out for like a hands-on on the third day and you get to turn on hydrants and whatnot and play around a little bit get yourself familiar with the system and the equipment you're using and uh yeah and then you just kind of wait for temperatures to drop um so that you can get out there at night and make snow so they kind of throw you into it Generally, it's for like competent people. Uh huh. I like to tell people we're cowboys on the mountain. You are like cowboys in the mountains. Yes, holy cow, that is a green hat. And what's so crazy, and what's crazy is you guys are painters. You're painting the mountain, which is oh, yes. interesting. So, can you um, set the uh, the textures on this yeah. thing? It's just it's just a matter of uh, giving it um, more or less water, more or less air depending on the type of gun you're working with and the conditions that you have. So is there a particular protocol for like, okay, it's this cold out, you need to use this kind of Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a formula. We have this, there's a, a yeast thing called the um, Snowmax cultures that help bring the freezing point up so it can be warmer and then you can make the snow with it. Interesting. So depending on how cold it is, you'll add uh, a percentage of that to the water mix um, and then use it from that point. But if it's cold enough, you don't have to use that at all. You can just use straight water. And depending on how much water you flow, you can change the quality of the snow. How much water do you normally put into one of these oh, things? I could not tell you. It's millions of gallons. Oh, jeez. Where the hell are you getting all that water? <laughs> not from where we're... We're getting all the water we have. So you, That's a great answer. We're that, getting that, all the water we have. We, we have enough water and... <laughs> yes, that's... What we're we required to tell people? Oh, oh gosh, water! It's like oh, oh. this and um, we have enough water. We have enough water that we can have. We have a giant pond. that's, I don't know off the top of my hands how many millions of gallons it is. But so, what are you filling up exactly when you need to shoot out more snow? What's the next step after that? Um, the cats come through and um, groom it over, push it out to make it into a nice smoothable ski run, so people can ride on it. And that's pretty much it. And then once they decide that they have enough base depth in the snow, then we take our snow guns and move them to a different part of the hill that doesn't. So and start the process over I'm trying again. to envision in my brain, because snowflakes can range in size, right? You're, you're shooting snowflakes out. Kind of. Because in Chicago, some of those snowflakes are huge. Oh, like yeah. The snow I mean, is they, big. They generally, when they fall out of the sky, you get varying sizes for them, but it's kind of more like dipping dots and when you're making snow. It's just more smaller particles. They don't really make snowflakes. Oh, so almost kind of like, um, I'm imagining like a shotgun where it's like BBs or something? Uh, like, are you shooting? It's kind of like a misty kind of thing. I mean, 
Is it? It falls down as snow, but it's just it's not the traditional snowflakes that you would think. Okay, so when it's shooting, it's kind of like ice, like shaved ice, kind of. Oh, so you're kind of shooting shaved ice? Uh, not really shaved ice. Like a snow cone? Kind like a of, snow cone? sort of, yeah. It's kind so of you're how shooting it, that out of the gun. Yeah, it kind of varies. You can change the texture a little bit, make it a little bit drier, make it a little bit wetter, depending on the conditions and what you what you're trying to achieve. How but. how far can this thing shoot? Uh, like to here across the street or yeah. at the door right I mean here? it or depends if the wind's working with you it's not what not but you can get a good like 30 40 foot plume oh my god that's just going to, I mean and you can it's all variable with elevation and you can you know you can change the elevation to give it more hang time to dry it out as it's falling into the floor if it's cold enough you can just point it straight up and it'll go everywhere Wow. Play with Ooh, the, you can play with the wind. The wind can take it and it can go halfway down the run and you're making snow halfway down the run from where the gun is because the wind's just taking it. But you're working with it. You're like, all right, I need to make it the other Do you ever use fans to help shoot it even farther? There are certain types of snow guns that are uh, they're called fan guns. They, just op- they operate on a big fan turbine and then they have little nozzles, atomizers that just kind of mist the water out there and shoot it out there and that's what pushes it out to make the snow. So you see, it's a, it's a little more popular, it's a little easier, it's a little more controllable because generally those fans have uh, computers and electronics to monitor to make sure it's doing quality snow. So, it's, so it knows, it, they know what they're doing. I Boy, mean, everyone's got yes, it down to a science. Yes basically. and no, I mean, it's out there when you're out there in checking it, checking the plume and whatnot, it's the ultimate so quality. Do dif- different sizes snowflakes work better for... As like the because you got to first well, lay down like a base or something, right? Yeah, so it's kind. Of, think of it kind of actually as like a snow cone, like shaved ice and whatnot, for the most part. Yeah, you're, we're spreading that around, um, but we can make it harder and softer, so we can make it a little bit more your fetal sink in, um, a little bit more. We can make it just like kind of proper nice snow for skiing on it, um, and then we can make it even wetter, so that way when it sets, it's a little bit more icy and firm, mm. which ski racers like, so they can dig their edges in and get a long a harder turn. So there are different um, snow behaviors that are better for different mountain. Uh, better for different people like different conditions. So like ski racers generally want to go fast and they want hard, fast snow. So it's not slowing. So it's got to be so more just, icy. Yeah, more icy. A little oh bit, God. A, hotter, a higher water content. There's even instances where they'll go out and spray the the snow down so it's it freezes and sets up so they can. Because their edges are razor, razor sharp, so they're trying to lock that edge in something hard and really give them the edge. Oh my god. It's kind of insane. What's the kind of snow that you prefer? Would you like all kinds? Well, I don't like wet snow, because wet snow slowy. Mm. But, you know. Wet snow slows you down? If it's actually wet and can squeeze water out of the snowball, yeah. It's, I guess you'd you know. sneak, uh, sink into it more or something, uh, huh? No, it's just with the nature of skiing and snowboarding, you're board is creating a very small thin layer of water that's contacting with the ice and that's helping you slide off but once oh. you get too much water the surface tension grabs onto your board and lock, kind of locks you in oh. so you'll be going really nice nice smooth snow and then you'll hit a patch of wet snow and all of a sudden it's like breaks you just really yeah I'm imagining, because in Chicago, it gets very, we call it slush, when it's really... Yes, so the slush is not the fun. Well, it depends. If it's all slushy, then you're working with it, and you're still going in that same speed, and it's a little bit more playful snow. But if it's variable, and you go from like a, say, like, go over a puddle or something, and it's all kind of like wet or whatnot, it'll slow you down for sure. So you kind of sink into it? Is that what's happening? No, it's just, it's wet. It's like, it's like suction almost. It's just... Interesting. The surface tension from the water, you're creating a solid connection Whoa. there. So, yeah, it's, it's not fun. <coughs> Messes up people's knees. This is Baba Booey from Yachtly Crew, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. That's right. And, and, what's, uh, and what do you know about making snow? I don't make snow, man. I don't even go in the snow. You, you, you've never snowboarded? No. You won't catch me doing that, man. No. What about sledding? Not even any sledding? No, no I don't do anything dangerous. I don't. You know, I'm sure in Big Bear they got some little hills, little hills, little sled hills. Pauly Shores. <laughs> you, hey, you got to do a thing. This is Pauly Shores. Oh my God. Thanks, Thanks, That's right. Bye. Take care. Thank you.
I heard the Mickey Dolan's one. I'm like, I could do better than that. Oh, guy. yeah. Okay, so I got to ask you. It's interesting because I haven't, I haven't actually asked you about your history with playing bass. When was the first time you picked up a bass? Uh, when these guys needed a bass player. What, Fast Times? Yeah. No, it wasn't Fast Times. It was a band called Pumpkin Jam. So pumpkin, yeah. pumpkin jam, and then you, you, they're like, we need a bass player, and you're like, I gotta learn bass. And I play guitar, so I'm like, bass is not that hard. I'll figure it out. So I oh, bought a bass, right. and I, I said, just give me a couple of weeks, and I locked myself in the room and I learned how to play bass. So you learned bass very quickly. But I always kind of knew how to play it, but I never had a bass, so I had to go buy one. Right, because a bass is in a sense a, a guitar, right? Yeah, you're just playing the lower the same, notes. It's the same thing. So. Did you, once you started playing bass, did you start listening more and more to bass in songs? Yeah. Now, you, especially you, now in Yali Crew, man. Oh my god. So, oh, goodness, thank what you. Is this? That's so this sweet of you. Wow, Gerard, De Gerard Deli Squares Milk Chocolate Caramel. We're giving this right when we walk in. So, um, so you, you, you start listening to bass, and then did you start viewing. Um, the bands that you had grow up, grown up listening to, did you st start looking at them in a different light? Yeah. Yeah. Because you started hearing something different about it than you ever heard before. Exactly. It was good. I mean, it's completely different. Oh my God, yes, please. Yeah. Look at that. Thank you. So, so what was the first song that you learned uh, uh, for bass that you remember? It had to be a 90s song. It was in the 90s. Probably like... Uh, I don't even know, man. It was like the Toadies or something like that. Oh. Oh. Make up your mind. Yeah, we were down, playing down, this. Oh my God. Um. Oh. This is delicious. Good. So help me, Jesus. Like that one, Jesus. Um. So then, did you? Were you kind of addicted from that point on? And like, I got to learn more bass. I, now, now more that way. Mm. Back then, I didn't care. I still play guitar. Mm. But now, so I'm, guitar was your main. Now I like bass. What, what? Um, who are some of your favorite bands growing up that inspired you to get to play the bass? I mean, I mean to play the guitar. Just Kiss. saying, you start on Kiss. the guitar. Kiss. Did you start learning Kiss songs right away? No, I just wanted to be in a band like Kiss. You know, big theatrics. That's what Yachty Crew is. That's. Make it a rock show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it fun. Make it cool to watch, man. Oh, yeah. Don't be bored. What was the first guitar song that you remember learning? Uh, the Cars. Oh. Yeah. I learned the Cars song. I can't remember what song it was, but it was the Cars. Because they were so easy to play. So oh, I wow. Figured it out. Oh, that's good. I was hooked. I imagine, yeah. This is Pauly Shores, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto, <laughs> where right. your life is made complete right. with love and symbiotic like like relationships. This. Oh, yes. Hey, this is Chaz. And this is Pauly Shores. From Yachtly Crew. Yachtly Crew. And you're listening to Inspirado. Yachtly Crew. No, Inspirado Projecto. <laughs> yeah. Yachtly, you're listening to Yachtly Crew Projecto. Inspirado style. <laughs> That's right. Um, we will get back to Chaz more later. He uh, skedaddled really quickly, but I'd like to learn more about his history. So, um, what was the first? Now, since we got Polly Shores here on the line, what uh, what was the first um, song that you remember learning on saxophone? I don't know if I remember if I asked you that. Well, but what was the, that that you remember? What was one of the first saxophone songs you learned? Um, rather than tell you the name, I would like to recreate. Pink Panther. Oh, I'd like no, to sorry. recreate okay, it with my um, my personal uh, instrument oh, called yeah. the mouth trumpet. Oh yeah, yeah. Ready? That's a hit. I've heard that one on the radio a lot of times. No wonder you'd learn that one first. You probably have because it's deeply embedded within every piece of music that we've listened to our entire life. That it's inescapable. The intervallic relationship on, between those three notes. Oh, the intervallic. Yeah, yeah, it's called Mi, Re, Do, also known as Three Blind Mice. That is so true. Yes. That is so true. Mi, Re, Do, the first three notes of the uh, tempered scale in the... Uh, 
English musical tuning uh, scale. Mm-hmm. Mi, Re, Do. Yeah, it makes a lot that, of sense. That's a major tonality. If, if you want to make it a minor tonality, it's, it's a very sad hot cross buns or three blind mice. Well, interesting. It's so like they're cross... actually blind because it's in a minor key. So instead of three blind mice, it's three blind mice. Very oh, sad. Very sad. It does sound sad. Doesn't it? That they're does actually sound sadder. The really blind. Put it into a minor chord. Yeah. Why do you suppose minor chords make things sound sadder? Because of that relationship between the second and third pitch, it's now a half step instead of a whole step. And if you play it, it's a darker sound. That's why the diminished tonality is three minor thirds stacked on top of each other. Well, two, they're, they're two minor thirds. It's, it's a, they're, they're what, what do you call it? They form a diminished, diminished triad. Oh, okay. It's good you brought up diminished. Um, I want to ask you about augmented and diminished chords. What, what kind of, what kind of uh, feelings do those evoke? Let's start with diminished. Diminished is very dark and depressing and, and brooding and scary. Augmented is, is like major, but like super major. So, oh, really? So like super happy. It's open and really? bright. Like think, think of rainbows and butterflies. So augmented, if you really wanted to make a whole uh, uh, album of just really uplifting songs, you would, you would really zero in on augmented yeah. uh, chords? It's also kind of mysterious, too. It's bright Ooh. and happy, but also Ooh. kind of... It's kind of it's not sad and mysterious, it's, it's like bright and mysterious. Oh my god. Yeah, kind of like the Skirdelli wall of chocolate here. It's very bright. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I don't know how mysterious it is because you know it's all chocolate. Yeah. Now, okay, if you, okay, so let's think of like, um, for instance, Danny Elfman's songs, okay? Um, do you think that, what, what, what kind of, are they using, is he using augmented, augmented or yeah. augmented? Tritone too. Tritone is a fourth uh, that's that's expanded by half step. Oh my god! So instead of a perfect fourth, you have a uh, tritone, uh, uh, augmented fourth kind of diminu- Yeah, augmented fourth. Whoa. Danny Elfman, yeah, Batman theme. Yeah. Uh, da, that's like that's like the Simpsons too. The first interval oh. in The Simpsons is oh. a tritone. Oh, the Simpsons! I probably sang it all wrong. Interesting. Yeah. That's a tritone. Yeah, but Danny Whoa. Elfman. Why, why do you ask about Danny Elfman? What's your personal? Well, because I'm just wondering, like, fascination with Danny Elfman. I saw this. Well, I've, I've, I started buying his soundtracks ever since the Batman. Did he do the mu- the music for uh, Beetlejuice too? He. I was Elfman? just gonna start singing. Yeah. So I was thinking about that when I asked you that, actually. This is not Daniel, but don't they also do the uh, banana song in that movie? The uh, Deo. Oh, Oh, that's um, Deo. Right. Is that aug- is that augmented or diminished? Or no, no, just, it just made me think fashion? of that movie. I don't think it's real. Yeah, that was yeah. in there. Um, that, oh, gosh. What is that? Daylight I can't believe I can't believe Al Jarreau? Yeah, no. No. Not Al Jarreau. Um, and we want to go. Who, who sings a... Day-o, day-o. Who, who's that guy? Hello, Belafonte. This is Baba Booey from Yachtly Crew. That's right. And you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Oh, yes. Now, um... Okay, so Paulie, this is good conversation. Now, with the songs that we're playing on stage, what are some of the? Um, uh, give me some examples. Let's say "Baby Come Back." Are there any augmented or diminished so- uh, chords in there? Your piano break on. Is that? Yeah. And I want I just started thinking some singing "Summer Breeze." No, what's that piano break you have where you're like? Baby, come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's very augmented. Uh, when I hear that, I think I, I think augmented. This. Yeah, I think augmented. I need to learn more. So um, you're just a badass player who knows. Do you, just plays now, what he hears. You don't need to know what it that's is. That's true. That's true. Now, do you now do you think in horror films it's more of a diminished sound? Yes, diminished and minor, and oh man, yeah, very diminished and dark. Oh, yeah. okay. This is good to know. So diminished, I can think of dark. Augmented, I can think more of happy. Uh, Is there a water around here? Speaking of happy. Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah. I think we should give these out as tins with. uh, That would be great for the loudest singers. Yeah. Got a little little. uh, What is that? A galleon. I should get this for my wife. She a big chocolate lover. 
what 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 lady isn't? Mm-hmm. So let's see, twelve piece twelve dollars for one, two, three. A lot of folks are in here for the uh, for the chocolate and ice cream and the ice cream. We'll get back. Uh, we'll be get back to more later with more insight from the band and uh, their philosophies. We got some time to kill here, folks. So we might actually be getting drunker. Uh, as time as time evolves okay so came across right there Paulie can you please explain to us what's happening exact, at this exact moment what's the photo you're looking at on your phone Maceo James Pate just got a buzz cut well, and He's eating ice cream. And what are we doing right now? We're at Ghirardelli's Chocolate Shop in San Diego in the Gaslamp District eating ice cream. And when did you get sent that photo? Well, that's the thing I didn't tell you, Stoney, is that it was sent uh, a while ago. Like a half an hour ago. A half an hour ago. That's actually with... That's... Wow. That's like... What do you call it? It's uh, synchronicitous. It really is. Look at those synchronicities. So half an hour ago you got that. And then we ended up, by no coincidence, because I'm in a group of ten people and I didn't make any yeah, of these decisions. Yeah, you didn't make any decisions. We too. just ended up here at Ghirardelli's Chocolate Shop eating ice cream. These are, these are huge leaps and bounds and uh, imperative things. I think it's, it's great to take note of. My mind is just blown. Literally. Like, like a large helium balloon. Cue the soundtrack. Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? We were just at the hat shop. He just came back from it. He just went and got himself a spiffy looking hat. Get that brand new hat. Spiffaroonie. Look at that lid. He is one sharp dressed fella. Speaking of one sharp dressed fella, he has the new Yachtly Crew uh, tank top on. That's why Christian is wearing it right now. Gray style is looking good. Heather, showing off the chest there a little bit. Heather, as they say. The Tom Selleck maneuver. Did you think I sent you the other day? Well, wait, wait, hold on. What did you send me? What was it? I sent you Refresh a, my brain. a picture. And it said, think, think about this thought. Of all the buildings everywhere on Earth. The earth doesn't get any heavier from the buildings because all the material from the buildings came from the earth. Dude, oh my that's, God. A, that's, a, that's a brilliant idea. Does that not make your head It never sinks the earth because it came from the earth. Dude, that oh is good. God. That is good. You would think the earth would get so much heavier see. with all the buildings, but no. That's right. It came the from the earth, so yeah. it could already support it. Which which always mystifies me to think that computers came from the earth. These yeah, these buildings, all this stuff came from the earth. So how is it possible that we can actually make poisonous things, right? If everything comes from the earth, everything ought well, to be good. You would think that, but there are a lot of things in nature that are poisonous. There's yeah. poisonous animals. There's poisonous plants. There's just not everything that's nature is is good for you. You know. Yeah. So that's why they have these marketing ploys that are all like, oh, it's nature, it's good for you. It's like, well, not everything in nature is good for you. That's right. Think about yeah. that. Poison ivy pudding is not going to be the best. <laughs> all right. Hey, don't knock it till you try it, all right? See, Christian, we need to heed the advice from him. He was living out in nature for, for three years. Three years? Four. Four years making snow. Where are you living? Becoming intimate. Becoming very intimate with snow making, snow building. You like dug a ditch and you lived in no, there, no, no, right? No, 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 no. I, I, I just... You like bear grills out in Mammoth. Living, right. eating bugs. Uh, fighting bears for grubs. Yeah, it was a fun time. Fighting bears for grubs. Fucking bandit, that asshole. Always taking my grub. Scraping, scraping bugs off trees, making you know, soups. The bears actually eat bugs. Yeah. Do you feel like that would be like a massive waste of time for them? Like, they have to eat yeah. so much food in a day. Like, it seems like yeah. it's a waste of time for them to be be a big ass bus, dude. Oh, big yeah. Size your thumb. Jeez. 
little snacks. Jeez, forest snacks. I think they're mostly just rooting for shit. But most right. of the bears. I'd be that bear that's sitting in the river just waiting for the salmon to jump into my mouth. Yeah. He just holds his mouth open. You see some of those videos of the bears just like. Yeah. <laughs> missing like everyone. Did you see a lot of bears out there? A few. I used to get scared that I'd be riding my skateboard through the streets at night and I'd hit one. Oh god. Did they give you like training on how to deal with a bear if you came face to face with one? You uh, hit them in the nose, right? You get them in the nose. No, they're mostly scared of you for the most part. Um, but I, I, but oh, if you hit them in the nose, oh, it's sensitive and you run bears. off. Yeah, Grizzlies are huge. I wouldn't. Oh, the grizzly. Grizzly, you just play dead. Yeah. If it wants to kill you, you can't run away from it. You can't climb a tree. You can't. If you hit it in the nose, they don't like that though. And a shark. If they don't like it, then they're gonna kill you. Yeah. You know, just piss it off anymore. You sneeze on you. But, so just play no, dead. there's just black bears up in Mammoth, and they get decently sized. Six black feet. bears hunting in the dead of night. <laughs> black bears hunting in the dead of night. So you 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 did see some, right? How close were they to? Uh, uh from I don't know, five feet, if that. Five feet? I've been I've been. It was close to me and you to a baby bear. with a, It was in a trash can. That was the only thing between us. Oh, God. I had to kick the trash can to get it out. Oh, God. And it was really funny. It scared the shit out of that little bear. So you, you, so you kicked over the trash can and then you no, ran? He was in you the just ran? He was in the trash can. Mom came up our stairs to where the top the, trash can. Where was the mom? Mom came up the stairs to our top trash can. Oh, shit. Our, uh, our buddy Kenny opened the door and scared mama bear down the stairs. And then we were chasing mama bear and baby bear was in our bottom trash can. Wait, how are you cha- how did you chase the bear? Well, cuz you scare them and so they run away from you for a little bit and you just don't want them you don't want them to be familiarized with people or lose their fear of people. So you have to keep chasing them off and yelling. Oh, oh geez. Otherwise, they're going to get too comfortable around people and then could be something potentially dangerous. Look, see there's the first bear I saw in Mammoth. What the hell? It's cra- Oh my god, that looks close to you. So if you see a bear, can you scream and yell and that'll just immediately scare you? Uh, generally, like, yeah, I mean, they'll see you and they'll kind of just mosey away as you get closer. They're like, ah, this guy's coming after me. Um, but sometimes, like, they get in the trash and you're supposed to yell, bad bear, bad bear, and make noise you and scare You yell, bad bear, bad bear, and that's the thing that scares yeah, them? Yeah, I mean, it, the loud noise is probably what scares them, but... I don't know, they just tell us to yell bad bear to let them know you shouldn't be there. And do you scream it at the top of your lungs? I do. I've had to chase away a bear with two uh, oars, two kayak paddles. Did you wrestle the bear with two hands? No. But I had two kayak paddles. <laughs> you wrestle the bear with two hands. Oh my That'd god. Be fun. I've never met a person who came face to face with a bear. And you came to face. I've not come that face to face with a bear. I do want to get drunk some one time and slap a bear. Oh jeez. I mean, not really. Do I want to? I just talk about it. <laughs> I just talk about it. That it would be really cool, but I'd have to be really drunk. Yeah. Where is the trash bear? Interesting. This whole time I've been wondering how these scooters work, and it looks like it's an app of some sort. Yes, sir. And then they they just take a photo of the scooter, and then... Yeah, uh, it's got a QR code on the front of it, and you go and open it, and then it... And it charges you you accordingly? Yeah, it charges you accordingly. How how much do they charge you usually? Dollar to start, 15 cents per minute. 15 cents per minute? Mm -hmm. Huh. And they're just around the city. Right, and you just pick one up if you see it? Yeah. Darn it, I don't know where this picture of that bear is. Wow, what a clever, clever app. Are you looking at Ace in the video? We shall, we shall talk more. Even more later. This is Baba Booey from Yachtly Crew, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. 
So what's interesting is even though we are in this position where does it feel like a pain in the ass to you know, try to decide what parking garage you're gonna park in, which one's gonna be less expensive, how are we gonna load all the equipment in? It's interesting that these are questions and these are things that we would never have to deal with in our lives had we not said yes to being a part of a band. So that's what's interesting. This is all information that has now come to us simply because we decided to say yes, and now these are the situations that uncover themselves for us. Um, it's like exploring in a certain direction and not realizing that thing is there, but you can only realize that thing is there as if you explore for it first. It's like it was always there hiding, waiting to surprise you, like a peekaboo, and, but you had to go for it first. And so it's interesting because now we are blessed with this um, um, circumstance of having to figure out, okay, where are we going to park? Where is it going to be cheaper? Hey, we can park there. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, we could. We could find out what those rates are. Wait, is that close to the House of Blues or no? No. That's where we parked. Oh, that is where we parked, yes. And thinking to ourselves, okay, how easy is it going to be for us to take all the drums, all the lights, all the razzmatazz, all the way to the venue, set it all up after the show, come on back, break it on down, take it on back to the street, put it back in the van. I mean, it's a, you know, it's, um, it's a whole thing. Now, a lot of people, if they found out that they got to be a, a part of one of these elements of this, Whoa. they would say yes. They would say yes. I would love to help you do that. Yes. So go on. Yeah. You looked like you're, you were, you had a revelation and I want to No, you're absolutely right. Everything you're saying. Like, it's inter interesting because when I was in the band Rio, there's a woman there, Margaret, Margaret Timmons, and she would say, can I please help you carry equipment? And I'd say, oh, no, no, Margaret, that's not necessary. And she would say, oh, well, it was always my dream to be a roadie for Duran Duran. No way. And she goes, this is the closest thing I, I, I can get to that. And I said, okay, well, then here, Margaret, please hold this. And here, can you carry this to the car? And oh, can you bring that? And so it was great because here we had this woman who is, in a sense, being able to... Fulfilling a dream. Fulfilling a dream. And you're helping her out. Yes. And it was so awesome because that's then I a, thought... That's a beautiful thing. Oh, my gosh. I thought to myself, who am I to stop this? Like, even if it's not necessarily glamorous to me, it's a brand new experience to someone else. Right. Who goes, of course I'll help you do that. Because uh, they get to see the roots. They get to see the inner workings of what goes on into creating the show. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you never get to see that side, you never know. You just never right. know. It's kind of like working behind the scenes for, for movies or TV shows. Once you work behind the scenes, once you see what, what the cinematographer has to deal with, the, the director of photography, the, the director, the production design, et cetera, et cetera. Right, once right. you really get, get an idea as to what those guys, what work those guys go into, now you're going to watch a movie or a TV show in a completely different fashion now because now you understand what it took to do that whole thing. But if you just never see that side and you're always just the audience member, it's just that one thing. So it was interesting that, yeah, like, she just decided, I want to I help out these guys. It's always been a dream of mine to, you know, help out Duran Duran. Here's a tribute band, Duran Duran tribute band. And you're listening to Pauly Shores and Stony Shores on Inspirato Projecto Radio. Oh, yeah, dude, thank you for saying that. A lot of times I forget to tell people what they're listening to. Or, uh, does someone just get married? I think so. It looks, it looks pretty fancy over Interesting, there. dude. Interesting. So it's interesting that here we are a part of this situation. We're a part of this thing that might to us go, okay, well, this is an unfavorable situation. Right. Now, what's so crazy is that these challenges then offer us tools. We end up finding tools that help that us. That was. That was our venue. Should we go in there and check it out? Is it open now? Uh, I don't know. Let's go. Let's yeah, try it. There's Christian, the stillmaker. Oh my God! So you just recently got married? I was just imagining my brain. I'm like, wow, this is great. This is like a wedding. I edit wedding videos, so this is really cool to see it now truly happening in front of my very eyes. Usually, I'm like cutting and pasting and putting this stuff together. This is really, really, really cool. It's like you hopped out of the off the off the screen into real life. This is cool. This is awesome. Wow, this is the first time I've been on a podcast while a wedding has been simultaneously happening. Just, uh, yeah, I am. What's your name? My name is Sam. 
them. Oh my gosh, do you have anything that you want to promote real fast that people can find you or where these pictures might be? Okay, just it. <laughs> it's so crazy. Wow, this is the first time. This is the first time that I've podcasted, and uh, there's been an actual, there's been an actual wedding going on. This is so cool. So there you have it, folks. This is you. You have just experienced it first. Had I not decided to uh, to podcast this thing, wow, we would not have seen that. That uh, we would not have seen that happen. So incredible. Wow, it's so funny. I just the other day I saw a video about um, bird scooters, about bird scooters, and now I'm seeing them all over the place. Oh, I know what the, the video was. It was a Don't Feed the Animals video. Go check out Don't Feed the Animals. They talk about a lot of great uh, bicycle safety a lot of different uh, bicycle laws, a lot of things that you just wouldn't normally know was was uh, a part of bicycle law or what what is possible. Let's say you decide to stop driving your car. Let's say you decide to stop um, just stop taking conventional ways to work. Let's say you just start uh, taking the public transportation, the subways, the buses, walking, taking a skateboard, perhaps one of these scooters we've been seeing. Let's say. Uh, Let's say you decide to start doing that. Oh, oh, by the way, as a side note, once you start doing that, once you start taking public transportation, you're going to start seeing some interesting, interesting things. You're going to see built, you're going to see merchants, you're going to see shops you've never seen before because you were previously in a car driving past too fast to see it. This is so cool, folks. We are here behind the scenes, Yachtly crew getting on the street interviews, getting surprises like that. Wow, this is crazy. Wow, this is crazy. This is incredible. So Christian, is there, oh, interesting. Right when I said your name, I saw in the back of his shirt there was a patch that said Christian Motorcycles. That's amazing. Right when I said your name. Oh my God, that's synchronicity. I was just describing synchronicity and I was, and I was about to say, I, right when I said Christian, Right when I said that, I'm a synchronicity I, magnet. Oh, dude, you and I'm gonna say one of these examples in a moment. Damn it, that was cool. Right when I said Christian, I looked right there, and there was a guy standing on the corner wearing a wearing a a, a vest that had a patch on it that said Christian Motorcycle Club or something like that. And I said, right when I said that, that's when Christian walked past. So it was this like this amazing synchronistic moment. Now I want to bring up this one that you were telling me about when you and Paul were driving in the car. And it was a commercial for something that says the, the uh, uh, what, 76. 76, always on the driver's side. Yes. And it just so happened to be about 20 yards in front of us on the driver's side. Oh, my God. 76. So, so that, that commercial right came on. Right at the end of that, yes. We right stopped. as you turned? As the commercial ended, we stopped. And I was like, hey, check it out. It's always on the driver's side. Dude, that is incredible. Now, what are your thoughts when you when you come across synchronicities, coincidences, deja vu, all that kind of stuff? Uh, it's kind of cool, kind of interesting. Nothing really too crazy. There's some moments where I'm like, wow, I can't believe that this all lined up for this crazy coincidence. Yes, yes. Now, but do you ever... life is a crazy coincidence. It really is. Now, do you ever find that when you start um, really paying, paying attention to those moments, do you notice that even more of them start happening for you? Have you noticed that yet? Oh, shit, I can't walk. Uh, no, not, I mean, I'm just definitely been made more aware of them. Boom! Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, right? Dude just started walking right across. Um, so it's kind of like the same thing as you don't really, when you buy your car, you never saw it on the road until you own your car, and then you see it all the time, and it feels like everyone has your car. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's like you're tuned into that particular radio station now, and now you're hearing... That's always a great analogy that I like to think about. Dude, is look at that dog splayed out. Oh my God, the dog just hanging out there. That's amazing. Chilling. That's amazing. Right in the middle of all that, all that craziness, there's that dog just. Rah! I'm being cool, man. Onyx. Onyx. Now doesn't that sound mysterious? Onyx. That was a. Sounds a <clears throat> That was like, it looked like a subway thing, and it went down. Maybe it's a club, who knows? Maybe it's a secret uh, gambling parlor. 
but it said onyx on it and it looked that that might be something for me to consider for uh, future creations underground mineral smuggling ring Ooh, underground m mineral smuggling ring that's a good idea people are just smuggling a whole whole buttload of minerals minerals vitamins supplements and possibly nutrients but really mostly minerals salts metals uh, uh, salts, metals. What are some of the other minerals? Uh, I mean, there's plenty of other minerals. I guess. Like zinc, uh, uh, magnesium. Zinc, magnesium. Uh, I don't even really know. There's a riboflavin. Riboflavin. Yes, yes, that's right. One of the major. One of the major uh, minerals. What are some Did of the you major get your minerals? Riboflavin today. Um, yeah, I hope you got enough riboflavin. Sodium palpate. That's true. Oh, that's good. That's good. You're talking about yourself here? Phosphate pulpate. The pulpate phosphate. Sodium pulpate. That's good. Sodium pulpate. You just know that because it's part of your name? Pulpate. Yeah, it's not really a mineral. I just and it's a part of his I'm nature. A it's a part of his um, molecular nature. I'm a mineral. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Mr. Mineral. I'm here to, uh, I'm here to make you healthy. Hi. It's great. There's a uh, there's a staircase up there, and I was just a there's a staircase staircase up there, and I was just imagining someone like being really impressed with the place. Like, yeah, I like the place. I mean, it's really cool. But what's upstairs? Right, just constantly asking. But what's upstairs? Like, hey, I like the paintings you got on the wall. I like the paintings. All these drinks are great. But what's upstairs? Right. The whole the whole skit would just be about that. It's like this very curious person who just wants to know what's going on upstairs. Like, hey, I like the pool tables. Uh, uh, the trampolines are great. But uh, 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 what's upstairs? It'd be like one of those. It could be yeah. It could be like a sitcom. And every time he goes, what's upstairs? Maybe the audience laughs. Right. It's like. But you've never seen the sitcom what actually is upstairs. You've been in a one-story house? That's good because it makes it even more mysterious what's upstairs. Maybe they find there's an attic that we didn't realize was there. Like children in the attic? Could children be under the stairs? Children under the stairs and in the attic. Children of the corn? And in the corn. The children are everywhere. They are. That's how we procreate. I mean, uh, children are everywhere. Yeah. Angry children. Like, just like children in the court. Remember, they were taking on all the adults. Just some water, please. We just arrived. Water and a coat. And what? And a coat. Sure. Thank you. Three waters and a coat? Gotcha. Yes, bless. Yes, bless. So awesome that Christian just found us. He was like the bait on the hook, and he led these fish back to here. It was great. You guys set him out on a reel, like, Ooh, and then there you were like, hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, guys. And we just followed him. We didn't know where he was going or anything. We were just like, oh, we're just kind of walking along. Plus, I got chances. I didn't know where they went. I took the scooter and went for a ride. You did? You took yeah. a scooter? Oh, that was great. How long did you ride for? Ten minutes. Dude, that's awesome. And then I just kind of went around. I was like, I wonder where everyone is. Actually, I didn't walk down here, but I walked the other bars to see... Uh, they may have or someone. Well, then I got the information when I found out. I was, like, was that your first time riding one of those? Yeah. I mean, how was it? Was it cool? It was all right. Was Did you download an app or what? Yeah. Just download and then an what app. do you? And then how, what's the next step? You download you an app. You get your credit card information, and then it asks for your driver's license. It takes a picture of your driver's license. And Interesting, because seeing as how you're riding a scooter. Well, yeah, you have to have road knowledge. You know, rules of the road. They don't want you riding on the sidewalk. So what what do they charge you? How does that work? One dollar to start, fifteen cents per mile. This is so interesting. And then you just leave it somewhere when you're done, huh? Yeah. Pretty much, you just leave it. And someone else somewhere. sees it and, and gets it. Does it show you like a an energy meter on it when it's gonna run out? Yeah, it tells you like the battery life before you. Oh, what do you do? It. You QR code, you uh, yeah, zap QR. the QR code, and it shows you everything you need yeah. to know about it. Yeah. Does it give you a? It, whoa. Does it give you a like a? Oh, oh. So you can kind of plot out your. Wow. That that would be an interesting app. Does anyone know how to make apps? We could do an app that helps you get to the nearest scooter. Yeah, uh, you, you know, it plots your journey through scooters. That would be cool. It tells you the battery life. And it gives you like 
find a bird near you. Tap the button to unlock. Is this live? Yeah. Yes. He's up over. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Wow. All right, folks. We are going to talk more later. More later. More later. Ships ahoy. Wow. What a fantastic message. Hi, it's Maria. Thank you so very much. That was an amazing message, and you have no idea how much your encouragement means. And absolutely, I think I think it's my job, I think a lot of us out here, to show the extremes of our nature. And, uh, yeah, courage. Courage to be yourself. Who cares what anybody else thinks of us? And uh, thank you, thank you. I love your work. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> You're so, you are so clever. <laughs> and um, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, thank you. We choreographed it. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. We are here in the uh, Gas Lamp District. Um, young fellow here playing an acoustic guitar. So we'll see what we can record of this, how much we can record of this. Here we go. Young man playing here. 
at the, at the Tipsy Crow here on the corner of F Street and uh, Fifth Avenue. F Street and Fifth Avenue. Ladies and gentlemen, you never know what you're going to find. There you go. More on this later. So, what is the first... Now, did you grow up with albums or mostly cassette tapes? Uh, my parents had albums, but I mostly remembered cassette tapes. Did you have any albums of any of your favorite jazz jazzists? No albums, uh, only cassettes. John Coltrane, Count Basie, Miles Davis. Uh, those are the ones that stick out the most. Oh, now when you got your first card, did you blast those a lot in there? Uh, yes, in my battery-powered tape deck that I put on the dashboard so I could hear Battery-powered? Yes. Interesting! Because th there was no tape deck in my first car. See? It was only... It was kind of like a boombox you yeah. just put up on the in your car? Yeah. That's a great That's a yeah. great way of doing it. I, like, taped it up to my dashboard so it wouldn't fall off. Wow. Dude, that's great. So you'd blast the, uh, the Coltrane. You're Coltrane. probably one of the few, right? Is that yeah. what you said? Blast it in your car. You're probably one of the few kids your age who was, who was doing that at the time, except perhaps, you know, close uh, jazz jazz geek friends of yours, right, who you could, like, totally just, like, have was no go in all directions to talk about. No Bluetooth. No MP3s. No such thing. No CDs. Only tapes. Tapes and tapes. So where would you most like uh, to uh, to drive to when you were listening to this kind of music? Uh, well, I had this girl that I was uh, a friend with who lived in Sacramento and driving over the 5 freeway and the 46, I think it's called the Pacheco Pass, mm. there was this uh, beautiful uh, reservoir. I can't remember, San Luis Reservoir or something you would always drive by on the way. Oh. And it was always so dramatic. I always so also my favorite favorite place. It was always ever. dramatic to drive over it with the what what kind of songs were the be most like con conducive to Miles that kind Davis, of experience? Miles Davis all blues. Miles Davis all blues. Did you feel like you were uh, in a movie? Afraid of the free. Lover. Like it was a so soundtrack to your movie. Um, sketches of Spain. Oh wait, no, that's a different Ooh. album. Flamenco sketches. Um, I say all blues. So you'd hear that while you're driving over the bridge, and it really felt like sort of like a, you were in a Woody Allen film or something. Yes, Woody Allen. And then, um, what did you start? How far down the jazz rabbit hole did you go? Uh, as far as my ears would take me. Did you find some obscure artist? Were you surprised to find like, oh my gosh, this guy? was a big fan of this guy. That guy was a big fan of this guy. And you're like, holy cow, what an experimental jazz guy this wow. is, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What were some of those? Um, I have to say Dexter Gordon. Is he, uh, what, 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 uh, can you please sort of, like, give me an idea as to what, where does he, where is he at kind of in the spectrum of jazz? The melodic, like, early 60s, late 50s, right before jazz went kind of uh, in a uh, more rock-free rock format. He was like one of the last melodic bebop players to play on the tenor sax. Oh! He, uh, there was a movie back in the 80s, I think, called Round Midnight, and he was the, uh, he played the main character. 
and all of the soundtrack was recorded by his band, live, oh. live band playing. What was the name of that movie? Round Midnight. And they, uh, so they played on the entire soundtrack. Did you listen to that soundtrack a lot? Yes, I bought it. Did you learn how to play it? Hello there. Hi. Are you, are you parking enforcement? You have that look about you. You're wearing, you look very official. What's that? This is my podcast. Are you broadcasting? You're live right now to I'm hundreds of viewers, possibly even tens of. What what you have patches on? You look okay. So private security. So who are you? Who who are you security for? I've been there a long time in background San Diego, so I have to be no security no more. You smart boy. See, well, I, but I you're a security, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Now who's where? Who are you in charge of this place? No. This place. No. Who? Who's? Where's your? Where's your? Your home base that you're you're making sure no bad guys are. No way! Well, y'all just slow down, little yaki tie. Yeah. Oh, this is the band that I'm in. You know, we're playing yeah, tonight. Yeah, if you get a chance, we're playing tonight. All love songs, 70s and 80s. Uh, uh, Hall and Oates, Steely Dan, uh, Lionel Richie. I think it's right around yeah, yeah, here, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be quiet. I'm just a cop. I'm not. I, I just keep a low profile. Oh. Well, I got to make my way back to the house of blues okay. with this wise guy. You take care. Okay, you know Yo, yeah, thanks for protecting the streets. I think she was just wearing a security guard uniform. Hey, Polly. Something tells me she was just wearing a security guard uniform. She wasn't actually a security guard. Who? The woman I was talking to. Really? Yeah. She wouldn't answer any, any street questions about her security guard oh. business. That's what gave it away. I see what you're saying. I could, I could wear a dog catcher uniform, and if someone comes up to me, I, I can only talk about so much knowledge. Because um, you only have so much knowledge. Yes. She finally admitted to me that the she... other guys have gone into the venue? Oh, there it is. Well, it's worth a try. Going to While you do that, I'm going to go test. Yeah. Test the waters. Test the waters. Oh boy, here we go. We're entering House of Blues. Hey guys, I'm Stony Shores. We're playing tonight, Yachtly Crew. Hey man, nice to meet you. What, um, the voodoo, which stage is that? The voodoo. Oh, okay, cool. We'll be playing here. So, is there a way to get in there through here? Well, or do you have to go in through the front? Uh, you're like one of the artists, manager. Oh, Yachtly Crew. Yeah, I'm in the band. Okay. Um, so, do we go through the front or is there a run? It's side? right here. Like when you go in, it's got to be through here. Everybody brings in their equipment right here. Okay. But usually, I'm not supposed to let nobody in into the shop. I know. We're supposed to come in at 5.30 to start setting up stuff. But I noticed you guys were open here. You can do a but I completely can't. Been into like the time you're supposed to be in here. Yeah. Let's see here. Awesome. That's the stage. Wow. There he is, Mr. David Bowie. Wowzers. Wow. Here we are, the Voodoo Room. Ladies and gentlemen, the Voodoo Room. Wow, this is looking good. Hello, Mr. David Bowie. Good Long to see you again. See. I haven't seen you since the last time. This is great, man. This is what it's going to look like. Wow. This is going to be great. I got to go get the tickets. So wait, like, so you, you, you pulled out of the original parking lot? I did because remember I was on gas. Yeah. And then I thought I was going to have to go get Kelly. And I was oh. like, you know what? I just want to get oh. it over with. I'll do it now oh, and I'll boy. pay again. Where whatever. did you wait at the same place? Yeah. Whatever. Oh. Like, yeah, I'd give some kind of. I'd rather have gas in the car than yeah. run out. Rob's gonna take off. Phil's gonna have like no room to stand. Pretty much. Half the blues all over again. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Dude. People are driving all the way from LA to come to see the show. This is amazing. Wow, man. I ran into people that gave they have a three hundred dollar bar tab at the little cantina around the corner over here. I walked in just to like cool off, and the guy's like, You're in Yali Crew. And I go, How'd you I didn't even have a thing on? And he goes, Those people just walking out just said that they know you. And so I went chasing after them and they were caught. Oh my god. And we're like, what's going on? What's going on right now? That's crazy. 
They said that they knew you? They saw and they pointed you out to the to and the people. The bartender goes, "Look at their tab," and he opens up their tab. They just signed it, three hundred bucks. Oh like my god! Oh my god! Get trashed. I wonder if it's the I same just, people who are in the pool. Would that be crazy? Dude, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. I left some little club, a little cantina around the corner. As I'm walking half in, these people had just left, and they're like, "Yeah, we know that guy. Buy him a beer." So I walked in, and I didn't have. And there was a beer waiting for me, and I'm like, "We know that guy." Like, why did they stop and say hi? I didn't even have my shirt on. But these people, so the, did well, you see that photo with the people who came in from, uh, it was like eight of them? Yeah. Dude, this is, a, this is astounding.